You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors, whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders, whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. This call may be recorded or transcribed. I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything is well for you today. Hope you had a great weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Hope you had a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hope the weather was accommodating and everything was great for the mother the mothers, you know, the women in your life, 
And I hope the sisters had a great weekend. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, bringing the other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. The shortcut, of course, whatever you, you use uh, as a search engine, put it in Baba Oshi, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net, Baba Oshi dot net, and that'll take you right to those programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku, appreciate you. Other programming that we have here on Time for an Awakening, once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, but we have other programming. Uh, on Mondays, Black Therapy Central from 8 to 9. Black Therapy Central with Dr. Maria Kamban and Nataki Kamban. And then on Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. Then on Wednesdays, the Black Farmers Report. The Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9 on Wednesdays. And then on Fridays, once again, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, you know it. It's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays at 7 p.m., on Saturdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We buy black. The li- the largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses from WeBuyBlack.com. Brothers and sisters, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always saying about WeBuyBlack.com and feeling really bad because, you know, we should have a, uh, <clears throat> a supermarket here in the Atlanta area with the multitudes of us here in this area, uh, in the metropolitan area of Atlanta, six million people, six million. And it's almost almost a third of that, which would be two million, almost two million, is us. Yeah, so that shouldn't be hard to pull your money, you know, or give donations or make contributions or whatever to make that a reality. You know, we should have two or three of those stores in every county that we're in and we're all over, all over this state. You know, if you live up north and you live in Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio. Now, granted, Michigan and Ohio there's a lot of us all over the state. You know, one of the main states that, I, that we came to in the, um, after our captivity and in the migration. But I mean, you know, still, we just have to understand that through unity, there's strength. So we come together and unify and pull our resources, pull our monies together. That's what we, come, that's what we must do. You know that. Yeah. So, 
webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans, Brother Omani Tahima, who has been taking our people to the motherland for many years, over 400 of us, on his website, africafortheafricans.org. Brothers and sisters, everything that you need for you to go on a trip of a lifetime. You don't necessarily have to go with him. You can just go to the website and pull those documents down for yourself if you got a, a trip that you're going to go on. You know? So, but he has some great trips lined up. He has Ghana this month, in a few weeks, May 24th through the uh, June 5th. And that's $3,800 still. Tanzania, November 17th to the 28th to Tanzania. And that's also $3,800. Ghana, December 24th to January 5th, 2023. That's $4,000 trip that was postponed back in March and uh, it is now scheduled for March 31st to January to December <laughs> Jesus get it together brother Oshie <laughs> the trip for Senegal and Gambia March 31st to April 10th 2023 $3,800 the, the price it was initially and then May 24th to June 5th 2023 to Ghana pretty much the same time the same time this year, next year, same dates, May 24th to June 5th, 2023, $4,000. July 20th to the 29th, going to Liberia, 2023, 20th, July 20th to the 29th, 2023, next year, $3,800, Liberia. November 16th to the 27th. Just a day off, 2023, to Tanzania, $3,800 still, going to Tanzania. And then December 24th to January 4th, December 24th to January 4th, 2024, $4,000 going to South Africa. And of course, brothers and sisters, when you go on the website, you can learn about the land that you can buy, investment in potentials, uh, the Black Star Repatriation, are you moving back to Africa, the Pan-African community in Ghana? All this stuff is right on the website, Africa for the Africans. Brothers and sisters, if you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. Africa for the Africans. The Habasha, Habasha Incorporated. Habasha is a pan-African organization that cultivates leadership in youth and families through practical experiences in cultural education, sustainable agriculture, entrepreneurship, and holistic health and technology. The programs they have here, Habasha Works, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and Urban Green Jobs. And of course, they have the Kashi Project that it that is in Ghana going on to this day, and there will be a grand opening with the Kashi Project. And that is going to be October 8th through the 17th, 2022 in Ghana. Kashi is the name in honor of the world-renowned Ghanaian ethnobotanist, Dr. A. Kweku Adua. Dr. Adua was dedicated. He was dedicated and committed to uh, helping Africa and dedicated to Ghana. And in the footsteps of Dr. Adua, we are committed to our people, Ghana, and the sustainability through natural resources. 
Kashi will provide a sacred space of researching the ancient traditions of sustainable housing, holistic healing, and organic agriculture. Additionally, Kashi will be a safe space for people of African descent to heal from the negative effects of the transatlantic captive trade and colonialism. We are finalizing the phase one of the Kashi to include five eco-domes, four eco-octodomes, a bamboo pavilion, a bamboo treehouse, a solar car park, and laundry facilities. Through various fundraising efforts, Kashi, the Habasha, is committed to doing our part to build Kashi in Africa. But we can't do it alone, and they ask you for their support. They're asking you to click to help to support us. You go to habashaincorporated.org, habashaincorporated.org, and assist them. All donations are tax deductible. As Habasha is a 5013C. Brothers and sisters, help them to realize that dream. It is going to happen. Help them make it happen. Ashe. The Ledge Group. Ledge stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The Ledge Group, it deals in the four areas of human existence of food, water, clothing, and shelter. And, of course, they have 12 projects going on in six countries in Africa. Over 170 employed and over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group, of course, as I've mentioned many, many times, and I'll continue. If you are a member of Ledge, you have an opportunity to buy land in Tanzania, $250 an acre. You can buy land in Tanzania, $250 an acre. The Ledge Group. Abibiatumi. A B I B I T U M I. Abibiatumi.com. Brothers and sisters, go to Abibiatumi.com. You know, the programs that they have, their language programs and all kinds of good information and uh, presentations, uh, stuff for sale and all kind of good stuff at Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I dot com, Abibiatumi. Smy, Smy Pharmacy. And, of course, contact Brother Jabril at 731-327-6229. That's 731-327-6229. Smy Pharmacy. You want to drop him an email? Contact him at smypharmacy at gmail. Smypharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Smy Pharmacy. And. Here are some of the more of the things that we are doing. So remember, we got uh, Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar here in Atlanta, on the west end of Atlanta, just right across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And they have delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and good health stuff. And on weekends, they have vegan food. So check out Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located in the west end on Ralph David Abernathy. The number to call is 404 404- Four 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 one six three five. That's four zero four 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 one six three five. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Meddu Bookstore. Give Mama Nia a call at four zero four three four six three two six three. That's four zero four three four six three two six three. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, and figurines, all kind of good stuff at the Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. Give Brother Gazimde a call. Let me get you a, a new number. That's what I need to do. Because I, 
I'm sending out some old numbers, man. That's not cool, brother. Oh, she. <laughs> you know that ain't cool, man. Yeah. So let me get you a, a new number. I'm going to jot that down. You know. And the new number is 770 305 6373. 770 305 6373. Brother Jamu at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. That's right. And of course, uh, the New Black Mark, the New Black Wall Street Market located in Stonecrest, which is east of uh, where the Black Dot is on, off of I 20. I-20 going east, and uh, it's the next exit at Turner Hill, exit 75. Take that exit, make a right, three lights, and make another right. And that's on the left, the new Black Wall Street Market. And uh, uh, in fact, I just heard a commercial. They got the grocery store finally up and running. So uh, I'm going to go this weekend. Well, no, I'm not going this weekend because I'm leaving town. But when I get back, I'm going to the new Black Wall Street Market and I will give you a first-hand report of what's going on and how, how it's developing. And, you know, many of the vendors, I was talking with Saj, who has a um, jewelry and artwork. Uh, he has a store, and he has a, a, a booth for, the, for his jewelry. And it's going well. He said it's doing well. Because on the weekends, people are coming. They're, they're, they, are, they are coming. And that's a blessing. So the new Black Wall Street Market in Stonecrest. New Black Wall Street Market in Stonecrest. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa, their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night uh, at 9 p.m. nine from 9 to 10 on Thursdays. Uh, and uh, you can listen online at blogtalkradio.com blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. The program is called Dare to Win. And, but if you want to call to listen or call to give a question, comment, or concern, you dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us, lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Homeland Village and Give Shop, they're not open on Mondays. It's, they're open from Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Macon, Georgia. Located at 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Give my good brother, Brother Abijah, a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. And that's the Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop. The brother has it all up in there, as I like to say, which was interesting because, I, I, you know, the sun got his sense. You know, they're, that, they're, that's their model, the one-stop natural shop. But this brother also has that one-stop natural shop. He's selling furniture. He's selling clothing. He's selling art. He's selling uh, tapes and books, you name it. And he even has a uh, a vegan restaurant. That's right. Yeah, it's a good facility. Check him out if you're in the Macon area. Sun God Essential, one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. And for more information, call my good sister, Shelly Amonset, at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. 
Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sister Gabby is doing great work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, up in the hills. And of course, as you know, there is no programs. They don't have no safety nets. They rely on brothers and sisters like me and you to continue the great programs. If you go to their website and you see those children in their uniforms, you see the uh, the healthcare that they provide. So education, healthcare, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship. Brothers and sisters, go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Akaban Institute, Baba Barudi and Mama Yah. We can't say enough about what they do for us and our people. And uh, so we always want to acknowledge them for their contribution. They had a program this past weekend. Um, y'all was facing African mental health issues. And Baba Rudy sent me the sex imperative. And unfortunately, I was not be able to get on the on the line, but I will always be there for them. And then, of course, this weekend, this Sunday, Abacus and Sumsum. Brothers and sisters, check out Abakasim Sumsum with Mama Marimba Ani, African Spiritual Warfare. The brothers and sisters just, I mean, it's great. It really is. The work that they do and and rehearsing and they come from different places and and they get on the phone and they go back and forth and rehearse and then when they get here, the ancestors, believe me, the ancestors make it happen. It happens. Yeah. Habakkuk and Sum Sum. I'm going to play this particular piece of some of the previous, kind of give you a snippet of what's happening. There is no um, uh, um, Zoom on Habakkuk Sam. It is all personal. It is no videotaping or anything. African spiritual warfare, these reenactments are just dynamic. The brothers and sisters. And then, of course, Mama Marima said, bring the children, bring the young people. You know, you know, and that's important, you know, and uh, it's just beautiful. So I'm going to play this piece from a promotional piece that uh, Mama Marimba put together. And so this is Baka Sam. I shall be the same, in death I shall be a
How was it? Why did they want land? Independence. How was it carried out? Bloodshed. You haven't got a revolution that doesn't involve bloodshed. And you're afraid to bleed. Qui fait soleil, qui clé nous en haut. Bon Dieu, qui s'ouvre l'homme, qui fait grand l'oreille. Bon Dieu, nous, qui gagnons oreilles pour tendre. Ou, qui cache dans le nuage. Qui nous côté où il est là. Où est tout ça blanc fait nous si bien. J'ai blanc yo, mon décrime. Bon Dieu, qui nous, on veut bien fait. On nous, qui si bon, qui si dis, li ont vengeance. C'est lui qui a conduit à nous pour nous remporter la victoire. C'est lui qui a nous assistance. Nous tout fait pour nous jeter, protéger Blanio qui soif l'enager. Côté voir la liberté, qui chante Liberté ou la mort. Sisters, the 19th annual Abacus and Tsum Tsum taking place at the Sweetwater State. It, it, you know, you, you, like I said, you got to be in attendance. This is not going to be a um, uh, Zoom, so it's not virtual. It, you know, they don't, I mean, but they do a beautiful, it is fantastic. Abacus is just beautiful, man. And, and, and the brothers and sisters who do it, they come together and the African spirituality kicks in and they are on point. They are on point. This this Sunday, May 15th, from 1230 to 6.30 at the Sweetwater State Park in Lithia Springs. Sweetwater State Park here in Atlanta. Lithia Springs, you got brothers and sisters coming from all over. They got coming from uh, San Antonio. San Antonio is the arrow, which I read all the time. That's the Organization for African Unity in San Antonio, um, Baba Johnson, who our ancestor, great ancestor, and his organization, and they 
produced the paper, The African World, which is the paper that Marcus Garvey uh, produced, which was then the Negro word, The African World. And uh, they've been producing it now, I think, for about five or six years. So I can't wait to get the paper. I will not be there, unfortunately, because I'm leaving town Thursday. But believe me, I would definitely be there. I would definitely be there because the Bacchus Sim is just fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, other events that are coming up in June, the African uh, Akaban Institute's 8th Annual Complementarity Conference, African Love, Celebrating Lessons Learned, African Love, the complementarity of our brothers and sisters. That's going to be um, Saturday, June 4th, Saturday, June 4th, and uh, it's uh, uh, donations, $15 a couple, $20 for adults. Is that $35 a couple? $35 a couple, excuse me. And uh, tempers. And of course, you um, uh, send the information and, and then put in the information complimentary to conference, your name, uh, your email address so they can send you the link for the conference. And that's going to be Saturday, June 4th, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, they also have a summer school they're offering a summer school, and uh, Mama Yah will teach language arts and math tutoring. That's going to be Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, so one on session. Tuesdays and Thursdays it's going to be from one to four. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, it's five days, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays from one to four. And Baba Baruti. Uh, You'll teach our story Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 11. See, for Tuesdays and Thursdays, she has it from 1 to 4. So, and then uh, chess. Learn how to play chess. And uh, Safo training. Of course, Safo's a young warrior's training. And um, it's a four-week course. And uh, so, and that's going to, that's going to start June 22nd, next month. June 22nd, July 13th. And it's an evening course, 7.30 to 9 p.m. In the evening, it's an evening course, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's $60 adults for the course and or $20 per, per class. In youth, it's $45 or $15 per class. So you do save some money by, uh, you know, uh, paying ahead. And, of course, the SAFO course, your name and your Email address so they can send you the link. And in November, mark your calendars to Kibuka. It is going to be live, remembering the middle passage, the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Remember the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. November nineteenth, from five p.m. to nine p.m. From five p.m. to nine p.m. November nineteenth, and that's going to be at the Sweet Spot, six seventy-five Metropolitan Parkway. They felt it there many times before. Twenty dollars a family, fifteen a couple. So, yeah, got to check it out. Ah, yeah. Let me get to the let me get to the Inye Sasim of daily revolutionary thought, and we're gonna talk about Pan Africanism and a number of things. Anything you want to talk about? May eighth. The European, Urugu, the Urugu man regards the universe as a gigantic machine 
hurtling through time and space to its final destination. Individuals in it are but tiny organisms with privileged lives that lead, excuse me, with privileged lives, are organisms with private lives that lead to private deaths. Personal power, success, and fame are the absolute measures of values. The things to live for. This outlook on one's life divides the universe into a host of individual little entities which cannot help being in contents in constant conflict, thereby hastening the approach of the hour of their final destruction. That is the um, Youth League of the ANC, the National, the African National Congress. If Urugu's goals, visions, and way are our highest aspirations, then we will never rise above their frigid shadow. And even if our vision is beyond their limitations, as long as we allow them, their minions and our menticide to corrupt and hamper our individual efforts and collective movement, that is how much longer it will take for us to arrive home because they have no intentions whatsoever of letting us individually or collectively be human. Affirm, I am not in competition, in competitive conflict with my own. I am not in competitive conflict with my own. I'm in concert with one another. We work with one another. May 9th. Perhaps the greatest assets, asset of an African father is the patience born of uncompromising, unconditional love. We, will, we all made mistakes and desperately want to correct and protect our children from making the same mistakes. Unfortunately, they will frequently make those same mistakes and we must continue not to only love them just the same, but to let them know that they are loved. Although punishment is virtually and vitally, although punishment, it says discipline. And I know, unfortunately, in society, and you know me, you know, I know they put the word discipline when they mean punishment and punishment goes in this sentence. Although punishment is vitally important, love is, at, at, at understanding, equally as important, you know, because punishment is what you get when you don't have discipline. Discipline is self-imposed order. Discipline. And we need to be a disciplined people because we are not, we are being punished. Yeah. Baba Bernie Gallman, South Carolina, Baba Gallman, has an African father. If this world were mine, I would make rebuilding and fundamental and foundational social and cultural nexus grid we need to activate and ensure the full restoration of the African family, our permanent priority. I would do this within but above the contemporary reality because I can see its damage and our resilience. If I had the wherewithal to create the sovereignty we need to the sovereignty we need to be human and sane, I would make it desirable and non-threatening for us to cooperatively move together in reestablishing the kind of viable, obligatory, fulfilling, visionary, interpersonal relationships 
of the demonstrated kinds of manhood, womanhood, childhood, adult, elderhood of our ancestors and reflected from the heart. This power would make it possible for those of us who are scattered and unaware of each other to easily discover all of our presence and collectively build community from our timeless center. If there were no bounds to my power, I would endow every sovereignty-seeking African warrior with the consciousness and the will to organize themselves around our life's mission of passing on an eternal torch, an eternal touch of self-love and divine dignity from one generation to the next until we absolutely rule ourselves to our benefit and against all opposition until we are no more. I say, affirm, I love my children. Affirm, I love my children. I love African children. I love African people. I love Africa. Man, I tell you, if it could be within my power to do it, believe me. Believe me, I could I would do it if it was in my power to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you. I love Africa. I love Africans. Yeah. So, let me You know, there I've read this many times, uh, Brother Arahone and the Sovereign Psyche. This is just a deep quote. This is, this is a dynamic quote. You know, there is no other historical instance of a formerly captive person, captive people, enslaved people, who valued integration with their former captors to the point where they completely abandoned their superior wealth of their own homeland. We want to be with these crackers, these Yorubas so damn bad that we refuse to acknowledge and more importantly to work towards going home to our land. Going home to our land and us building, us cultivating, us doing whatever it is to secure our land. That's right, brother. I'm saying our, because we have every right as Africans and the diaspora to work with Africans on the continent to make Africa for African people. We're not different than them. We're the same people. Even though some of us who have been born because of an, uh, as they're saying, the rape story, and we look different, and some of us, uh, because of the propaganda, the constant barraging of African people uh, to want to be European-looking, want to be European, and to bleach our skin, to process our hair, to put contact lenses in, to do all kinds of maddening things to ourselves, to be closer to Urugu, in spite of all this menticide, deeply within our soul, in our hearts, in our minds, we suppress 
the need and the want and the necessity to be African because we're trained to. Imagine if you threw off that yoke. Imagine if you released that vice grip. Imagine if you stepped outside those boundaries that they've placed upon us of what we can do. The continent of Africa could feed itself. The continent of Africa has as much land to be developed where the migration patterns of animals, the areas where animals graze and so would not even be affected. Not like here. We have the ability to to utilize the resources, the mineral wealth. You want something, you pay fair market value price for it. All of it is there for us. All of it. It is ours. It is what Pan-Africanism is all about. It is Pan-Africanism or perish. It is unify or die. There is no other solution. There is no other solution. People talk about this, that, and the other. It don't mean a damn thing. I know there's some conferences coming up. I know the, I was talking with Brother Elliot from Time for an Awakening, my good brother, and talking about the political convention, the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Black Political Convention of 1972 in Gary, Indiana. It is going to be hosted in Newark, New Jersey um, by one of the conveners, Amir Baraka, Roz Baraka, who is the mayor of Newark. And of course, um, um, Chokwe Lumumba's son is co-convener, Brother Lumumba, the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. They're co-conveners of the convention coming up and uh, there's another convention I'm not sure the date on it I'll get that and that is going to be in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh radical politicians you know in Pittsburgh you know and and I tell you I'm just firmly believe that the solution is not a political solution of trying to get things happen here The, the solution you know is not a political one it is a moral physical one. It is separation. It is independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty. That's what it is. You know? It ain't another uh, congressional seat. You know? It ain't another brother or sister to be a U.S. senator. It ain't another brother or sister to be on the Supreme Court. All of these things are theirs, not ours. And, and, and many times we compromise ourselves by going into them. You know, one of the persons I remember when I, as I was saying those things that I felt um, was a strong brother in uh, partisan politics was Omaha. Nebraska and and Nebraska state senator, Nebraska state senator Ernie Chambers. Man, to me that's, I mean, he was strong. 
He didn't wear no suits. He wore dashikis up in there. I mean, he was a strong brother. I, I'm not quite sure it was hard for him, but he worked hard for the constituents of Omaha, Nebraska. Because sometimes, you know, it, right is just right. Even though in in the partisan politics, there's pro crows, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of bullshit. But still, right is right. I admire that man tremendously. And I admire the brothers and sisters, some of them, who are in partisan politics. But the reality is, what has it done? What is our situation? What is it that... What, what is our situation today? Today. After all this time. I'm asking the question about the um, International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. We're celebrating our 50th. Although it was 1970, but the pandemic caused it to be delayed the last two years. But we're celebrating in, at the place where the organization started in Hartford, Connecticut. And the question to be asked is, in the 50 years, what is our progress? What is our progress? In fact, today, there are less American African firefighters, men and women. We have men and women who have ascended to positions of authority, commissioners, chiefs of department, assistant chief, deputy chiefs, battalion chief, captains, lieutenants, but on the incoming level, it's not happening. And of course, as a public works job, the fire department, along with the police department, are the top in public service. They're the top. Now, of course, police departments, they definitely wanted some of some of us to be on the police department, you know. In fact, in some cities way back 50, 60, 70 years ago, they had made sure they had uh, some black officers in our community because they didn't want, you know, uh, they didn't want you. And you as an officer could not arrest white folks. No, you couldn't do that. That's just like in, in, in Harlem Nights, you know, in that, in that scene where, where they're about to arrest, you know, <laughs> when Sunshine had old dudes set up. I didn't know she was Miss Heroin. <laughs> and then, of course, the, the ca Caucasian cops come in, but they were plants. You know. No, we couldn't do that, though. I remember reading the article here in Atlanta when they hired, uh, I think it was like seven brothers to be police officers. You know. I'm telling you, I don't have any faith. I have zero faith in this society doing what's right. Zero. Nada. None. Not a damn bit of them doing what's right. In fact, if you look at what's going on, you see it cannot happen. I was watching um, Eric Holder. He has a new book out. And he feels that it can be done. <laughs> well, of course, you got to say that in his book, book is how it can be no it cannot be done it cannot be done it cannot be done to honestly satisfy our people it cannot be done 
unless you just want to have the crumbs. Because just like that article, I just like that, that statement I just read to you, there is no other historical instance of a formerly enslaved people who valued, and that's what Eric Holder was trying to value integration, integrating with the European and making them try to do right, putting pressure on them and, and to, to the point where they completely we have, we have completely abandoned the superior wealth of our own homeland. We can never ever be the people we must be in this environment. This is theirs, not ours. Never. You rescue me, you rescue me if I'm wrong. You tell me where I'm wrong. You show me then where the kind of progress that is made where we as African people live and love freely in this society. You show me. There ain't a damn city, there ain't an area in this country today that when we had Black Wall Street, when we had Rosewood, when we had Elaine, Arkansas, when we had Allentown in L.A., where we had communities, Boley, Oklahoma, where we had communities, we were self-contained. There is nowhere, nowhere we could say this is ours. The businesses are ours. The store, everything is up. No, nowhere. In fact, in major cities where we are, in those communities, we ain't running nothing. We have a few mom and pop stores here, but most of them, the service stations, the service stations in Milwaukee, there's one left, Sister Diane. Sister Diane, she sold it to a sister, so I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting her when I get to Milwaukee this weekend. Looking forward to meeting her and tell her I'm, I've been a valued customer of Sister Diane since you know, she became the last service station in Milwaukee, in the city of Milwaukee. In fact, when I was in Kansas City back, um, two gosh, at uh, about twenty years ago, they had zero. Talking with a brother who should know, somebody said, "No, we don't have not one service station with a convenience store, not one, zero. So yeah. Brothers and sisters, we're going to take a break. When we come back from that break, talk about Pan-Africanism and how important it is because it is the only solution. You know, it ain't here. It ain't going to happen here. And I know a lot of us are here. We've committed ourselves. We own land. Not a lot. (laughs) Not a lot. We own properties. Not a lot. Not a lot. You know. But they have eminent domain, don't they? There's no place in this country. And I know the Republic of New Africa talks about the five states. I don't know why it's not Florida, but, you know, North and South Carolina, um, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. You know, and uh, not, not Louisiana, not Kentucky, not Tennessee, not Florida, but those five states. That's the Republic of New Africa. And... <laughs> And that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Ain't none of that happening. Hell, the Caucasians couldn't even try. They tried to do that in the Northwest. No. It ain't happening. 
the only place it happens is at home is on the continent it's the only place it happens and that's what we must prepare ourselves to do prepare our children to do and that's why it's important that we teach our children that's why, we, that's why it's important that we develop educational institutions because I don't see us rising above this madness of this insanity of this mental side I do not see it so brothers and sisters you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com you stay with us we'll be right back you are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. The other program we have here on Time for an Awakening on Mondays from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with Dr. Mawia Kambon and the Taki Kambon from 8 to 9 on Mondays. On Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers. On Wednesdays, the Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9 on Wednesdays. On Fridays from 8 to 10, or I just say 8 because they go way beyond that, uh, is the Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Fridays and then on Saturdays from 7 to 9 the Sankofa Elders Council and then on Sundays from 7 p.m. time for awakening once again and a number to call us 215-490-9832 215-490-9832 yeah yep brothers and sisters you know you know, I'm a staunch Pan-Africanist I believe so wholeheartedly in this idea. I gravitated to it and read up on many of the brothers and sisters who understood that, and I'm, I, I agree. I agree with them that there is no other alternative, you know. And here's a number of or. Uh, um, Articles uh, sent by the Pan African Federalist Movement. And I'm going to read just a couple of them. Historical evidence reveals that Africa had its Renaissance century, if not millenniums, before Europeans. Some African past civilizations were in the Nile, Zimbabwe, the Congo, and Ghana. It was the transatlantic captive trade and colonialism which destroyed Africa and underdeveloped it. Captivity and colonialism were made possible by the so-called European Renaissance. That's right. Their Renaissance. The European their, their, their awakening was our death, our demise. The European Renaissance. Today these forces have their pan-Europeanism thought through European Union, making them a powerful economic bloc. They're integrating socially and politically and working for a borderless Europe. On the other hand, Africa is wallowing in a quagmire of undevelopment, poverty, endless border wars, economic domination, and the dictatorship of the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. This is because Africa and African leaders are dragging their feet on the implementation of Pan-Africanism and have made Africa a perpetual beggar of foreign aid. Some of these leaders have become agents of neoliberalism and neocolonialism whose instrument is globalization. Globalization is just a new form of recolonizing the African continent. Pan-Africanism was developed by outstanding African scholars political scientists and historians and philosophers living in Africa and in the diaspora. It was conceived in the womb of Africa. It is a product made in Africa by Africans for Africans. Pan-Africanism is the oldest is the oldest vision in Africa. 
Pan-Africanism includes the intellectual, political, and economic cooperation that should be led to the political unity of Africa. Pan-African alternatives provide a framework for African unity. It It also fosters radical change in the colonial structures of the economy and the implementation of an inward-looking strategy of production and development. It calls for unification of financial markets, economic integration, a new strategy for initial capital accumulation, and the design of a new political map for Africa. Pan-Africanism demands that the riches of Africa be used for the benefit, upliftment, development, and enjoyment of African people. Pan-Africanism is a system of equality, food sharing, clothing, homes, education, health care, wealth, land, work, security of life and happiness. Pan-Africanism is the privilege of the African people to love themselves and give themselves and their way of life, respect and preference. The Pan-African Congress, Dr. Bukio, Pan-African Congress of Azenia, formerly known as a former member of the South African Parliament. Azenia is the correct name of the South Africa. Pro and Pan-African class analysis of the conflicts in Africa. Often the narrative of African states on the path to a capitalist economic development is told from a perspective of Western dominance where incentives African states could receive are overemphasized. However, the capitalist development in Africa has led to the conditions of economic deterioration. Instead of considering the impetus of capitalist development and pro-West political and economic activities in Africa has the consumerism development that Africa that African leaders learn from the Western nations. This article presumes that foreign influences are just as present as they were during the previous centuries. And this is true. It is the widespread knowledge that any economic or political reforms to the international economic systems enhance the control of said systems by Western powers. The aforementioned fact combined with with facts that historical society has stratified based on social hierarchy of radicalism which was instituted by false narratives and pseudosciences and both were dominant factors in the decisions of European leaders, first monarchs and clergy members and eventually politicians and business people made regarding the economic exploitation of African states should not be underemphasized in white the book White Order Excuse me. In the book White World Order: Black Power Politics, the Birth of U- U.S. International Relationships, author Robert Vitalis outlines how the underpinning racial subjugation operates as the driving force of a global political economy and in the field of international relationships, making pro-African assessments of post-World War One intra and interstate conflicts necessary. In the first decades of the 20th century. In the United States, international relationships meant race relationships, the power of empire or imperialism, sometimes referred to as race subjugation, 
was what preoccupied the first self-identified professors of international relationships. They wrestled with the prospect that a race war might lead to the end of the world, hegemony of whites, a future that appeared to too many to be in, off in offing. This paper analyzes intra and intra-state conflicts in Africa, utilizing state responses to the pan-African political leadership from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the DRC, P Patrice Lumumba, the Republic of Ghana, Kwame Nkrumah, the state of Liberia, uh, excuse me, the state of Libya, Muammar Gaddafi, and South Africa, Robert Sobukwe and Massi Mola has case studies. The work considers conflict throughout Africa as a functional component to the international economic, economic order and manufactured phenomenon that produce marginal benefits to developed nations and elite classes of underdeveloped nations due to the structure of a global political economy. Although the, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Ghana, Liberia, and South Africa, or Xenia, or Xenia are the focus of the study, the Republic of Guinea, uh, Diallo Tele, the Republic of Guinea-Bissau, Amago Cabral, Bikini Faso, Thomas Sankara, the Republic of Mozambique, Samora Michel, the United Republic of Tanzania, Mualimu Julius Nariri, and the Republic of the Congo of Angola, Dr. Antonio Neto, are further examples of pan-African political leaders that experience conflict with African states and foreign states alike and deserve to be investigated as well. The central premise and hypothesis of this paper is that the intra and interstate conflicts within Africa are structured into the global political economy and can be considered functional characteristics due to colonial remnants and paternal policies which prevent African political leaders from advancing African nations beyond their imposed foreign boundaries, foreign progressions they currently experience. The article positions that Institutions, businesses, and state governments, and elite or middle class members of developed and underdeveloped nations may be negatively or positively impacted by conflicts in African states, whereas local Africans and their prospective state economies are typically negatively affected. This research topic was selected because historically dividing international, external, and the national, domestic, internal, state responses to pan-African political leaders have disproportionately been condemnation. As a result, this study seeks to identify whether both contemporary Africans and non-African foreigner states can respect the sovereignty of African nations and can they coexist or cooperate with African leaders who do not want to be economically or politically dependent on the Western institutions in the current international political economy. The primary Research questions addressed in the paper include identifying whether conflict in Africa is a functional of a global political economy, B, investigating the similarities and distinctions of state responses to pan-African political leaders, C, considering the number of proxy wars in African states, what is the role of non-African states in conflicts throughout Africa, and D, 
how do the remnants of colonial systems, such state formation, constitutions, laws, public policies, and governmental administrations impact conflict in Africa? Because they still control them. I'm going to leave this stuff right here and ask for you. Sorry about that. And ask for you to uh, respond. As a Pan-Africanist, you know, to me, this this piece I just read, you know, is wordy, very wordy. And and the bottom line is, the bottom line is, is that we need a cadre of leadership. We don't need a leader in Ghana, in Tanzania, or Tanzania, or in Kenya. We need a cadre of leadership that that eliminates the one top leader in all of these damn countries. All of these countries should be represented at the table of, of continent-wide administration. One Africa, continent-wide administration. That is the unity that is so necessary, vitally necessary for Africa to realize itself in the 21st century. I don't know if you knew this or not, from uh, 2015 to 2025, it's supposed to be the African decade. It was declared by the United Nations. So many things are stated, but a lot of these things uh, is symbolism without substance. They don't mean a damn thing. You say it, but it's so what? And what's happening? Where's the progress? What's going on? In, In terms of the African decade, where is it at? What progress has been made? What are we doing? Is Africa better off today than it was eight years ago or, or seven years ago? Has we approached 2025, the African decade? And, and, and are we going to make an honest, clear assessment of these past 10 years as it relates to African unity, as it relates to African self-acclimation? And no, no. It's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. It's not going to happen until we happen. I don't give a damn what the UN says. The only thing that the UN is going to do is when we get our act together and we go to the UN and we speak to the world about what has been done and what we are doing to to correct what has been done. The boundaries that you see were not boundaries created by us. They were created at the Berlin Conference of 1884-85 by Europeans. So to hell with those boundaries, even some of the names of these countries. To hell with all of that. The leaders of these countries as, 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 as today, as of today, they need to abdicate that or be a staunch, serious leader that says, I want for us to be unified. I am willing and my country is willing to sit at the table and share resources. If we are are in need of technical knowledge, but we have mineral resources, we we would trade. Because the bottom line, what is in the ground is for all of us. It is not for that country that has been proportioned or uh, 
lines drawn by the European and now that's your, no. It is Africa's for the benefit of Africans. If you look at Europe today, you look at Europe today, it, the benefit of colonialism benefited all of Europe. Benefited all of Europe. All throughout Europe. All that you see in England, all the wealth that you see in England is all stolen. All the time when you see that heifer, the queen, in jewelry, in tiaras, and all of this stuff, stolen. Not one damn bit of it came out of Europe. It came from the places that Europe went and took them to make them a colony of England, a colony of France, a colony of whatever. And they took that wealth. I'm not saying for us to colonize a damn thing. I'm saying for us to break neocolonialism, to end neocolonialism, to end despotism, to end the ignorance, to end menticide and come into the African mind, to come into Africa as one and to work for Africa. It is, it is the only solution. The only solution. And that's when reparations come into play when we're together like that. That's when restitution, all these things will come into play. The talk about reparations at this time to me, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, is ludicrous, is divisive. Just as divisive as ADOS, the descendants of slaves. Just as divisive as that and all others. And just and, 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 and trying to make America. No, it ain't America. It's in conjunction with America and any other European and Arab country that has enslaved African people. Restitution must be given because why? We're going to have the resources. You want them? Not only are you going to pay this fair market value, but you owe us. I'm telling you, that <laughs> when we get this act together, the benefits for us as African people, the pride that we will have as African people, no matter where we are. If you want to keep your ass here, keep your ass here. You want to go to some other European place? Uh, uh, there was a piece that I saw for where we are. Uh, um, I think it was TikTok or something like that. You know, the top 10 places where uh, numbers of Africans in, in the diaspora and of course uh, Brazil is probably number one they have more Africans in Brazil with the exception of Nigeria you know um, other South American countries Colombia was another they have more Africans there than they have here in the United States we have about 40 million 40 some plus million maybe 50 whatever But these Africans, 
in all of these places. I ain't talking about damn it Negroes, those who have, have garnered favor, those who have, as they say, worked their way through the educational process and the Negro process to put themselves in a position where uh, uh, they have uh, curried favor and position. Damn that. Damn that. What an individual does, what they accumulate, what positions they hold, ain't a damn thing compared to what we could do collectively. Because you got a position. Do you do you staunchly, you know, advocate? I just mentioned earlier about this brother named, you know, in Omaha, Ernie Chambers, who I admire because he was a staunch advocate for his people, for his constituent, the brothers and sisters in Omaha, Nebraska. Are you that kind of person? When you get a position of authority, will you staunchly advocate for African people? Will you, will you say that my district is in desperate need of more hospitals. My district is in desperate need of schooling. Don't we talk about all the time in this damn country where you have people who have been political office for decades and yet the, 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 the area they represent is just, I mean, just in terrible condition. Terrible condition from an educational standpoint, work, you name it. So I don't give a damn about the positions you hold in their system. What I'm saying, to hell with their system. We create our own. This is based on the principles of Ma'at. This is based upon the principles of the Nguza Saba. This is based upon the principles of knowledge of, of righteousness for African people and those who want to reside. And we check everything. I was saying we have a society based upon that, that is so righteous that, that, that if you did something wrong, see, this society where they say it is um, uh, um, buyer beware. To hell with buyer beware. Where, where I'm an honest man honest person I get a phone call I don't know that the person on the other end of that phone call is a thief a liar he presents or she presents themselves in a way and they're thinking I know I'm losing my finances I'm losing my savings they made me give up my information it happens all the time in this damn country. This is an evil damn place. And to me, honesty would reign. Truthfulness would reign. And if your ass wasn't that, then you would be severely punished. Severely punished. And it ain't like, here, to me, I just heard, I don't know how true it is, but there should be no way in hell based upon uh, uh, what they said the uh, 13th Amendment was supposed to explain in terms of insurrection and supporting that stuff that Marjorie Taylor Greene here in Georgia, she did what they said that she should not do to run. She should not be able to run. She should not be able to, in fact, Donald Trump, Donald Trump should not be able to, how dare he still be having a position controlling, that's how corrupt this damn place is. The partisan policy, I 
can't stand it. I could give less than a rat's ass about this system. This corrupt, evil system. And there is no way for us as African people to reform it. It is theirs, not ours, and it works for them. But yet, like I said, I saw Eric Holder. He has a book out. I can't remember the title. Give less than a rat's ass. But what he, he's professing is that there are things that we can do to help make this better or change it. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it's not going to be done. And you see today that these people who cannot win elections fairly cheat all the time. This is an evil ass system with some evil ass people running it. And yet we petition to them and we act like they're going to change. We're going to use moral persuasion on them and how, you know, our suffering, our redemptive suffering that we have experienced and that they should acknowledge that. It is not going to happen, brothers and sisters. I know you know this. I know for those who are listening, I know I'm speaking as the saying goes to the choir. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate I see a number of people have called in. Appreciate that as well. You know I do. But that's why to me, and, and, and you know, and I appreciate those who call in to listen. Because they're saying, well, you talk about the same thing. You damn right I do. This is positive reinforcement. To me, there is no other discussion than about what is happening to African people, what is happening to us. There is no other discussion. So I'm saying, it is either we do this pan Africanism or we're going to perish. Either we unify or we're going to die. It is that real. It is that serious. And I mean, and I know many of us who are uh, engaged in this movement are optimistic we will win. And we say that because we have to affirm that. And I believe that. But I also understand that we are up against an evil entity that has so much at their disposal, has so much technology, has so much weaponry, has so much uh, 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 mind control and reality bending to their to their way. You know, Marcus Garvey was able to amass an organization of millions of our people. We didn't have the um, numbers that we have today, but he was able to do this without social media, without, even, even though the telephone was around at the time, but they didn't want a telephone in everybody's home, a landline, they didn't have that. A lot of times they even had party lines. For those who are listening, I know if you are my age, 
you you know that one of the main conduits for that organize for that organizing to happen was the Negro world, which is now the African world, newspaper. In fact, they recognized that as an organizing tool that if you had it in your possession, you could be imprisoned. Because one thing these Caucasians definitely want us to always be is in, quote, the dark, is ignorant. Is subservient. Is beholding. <laughs> There's other words you can use, but you know what I mean. Give me a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Get in this conversation. I'm just, you know, when you talk about this, dear brothers and sisters, and you realize the situation is deep. Good afternoon. Hey, hey, Elsie. Hey, what's the up, white man? man? They go, the white man ain't going to give you no damn reparations unless he need to boost his economy. Why the hell would he give you reparations when he knows it ain't going to benefit him other than when he needs to boost his economy because he know he just giving to these Negroes and the Negro and just give it right back to them. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, ain't that deep? I don't understand why nobody, why nobody never says that. I, I, I don't know why nobody never says something about, well, I would like for reparations to look, to look this way. I would like for reparations to look that way. Mm -hmm. Nobody never talks about reparations and it turns of making the lives of black people better. No, All they, they don't. do no, they is talk, talk about right. the economic of reparations because most of them Negroes are greedy capitalists. Right. It's just like You're right. you know, check this out. I was I was, you know, talking with some sisters yesterday. I was over at my lady's uh no it was it was Saturday, my mistake. I was over at my lady's house before we went out to dinner. And she had a couple of her niggerish girlfriends over. And you know, they all they all know I'm wild. So, you know, there's always one of them that wanna ask me a question, you know, to get it popping. And you know, if I feel like entertaining it, I'll entertain it. So, you know, my old lady gave me the look, like, if you get out of line, you're not going to get you no nookie tonight. But I said, I went there, went there, hell, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to get it popping. There you go. So what, so what happened, so what happened was they started talking about Sonny Hospital or The View and how she was saying she thought it was an oxymoron of blacks and Hispanics being Republicans. Oh, man, I had to light them up. Oh, I said, you know, the real oxymoron is Negroes like her who back the Democratic Party who don't give you nothing. The oxymoron is Negroes like her who send 
her children to the so-called financial institutions to so-called educate them to serve white folks. The egregiousness of it is she come from the South Bronx. Ask her other than maybe donating a couple of dollars when the last time she been to the projects of the South Bronx and did something with them kids who were just like her. That's what's egregious. But nobody talks about that. They just tried to push the Democratic Party on you and tell you you need to vote, you need to do that. But the reality is everyday black people don't benefit from it. It's the Negro fiends who love white men to the finest level of extension, they benefit from it. But everyday black people suffer from it, not only here, but abroad because of their policy. Oh, man. So, you know, once once it gets popping, they can't really defend it. I said, now, just tell me where I'm wrong. Don't, don't let emotions play into this. Tell me where I'm factually wrong in everything that I say. You know, what's interesting, Jay, is that, you <laughs> know. They and I, no, they can't. They can't. No, because, they never can. Because this system may have some opposites, but it all benefits this system itself. So you see, you see, the Democratic Party and Republican Party are just different wings of the same filthy, nasty, funky-ass bird. Okay. They just use lube. Exactly. That's all. It's a different. That's <laughs> it. They lose lube. You know. That's, that's it. And, and and so it's they still whether, so whether exactly so whether you are going to be a Democrat or a Republican in this system, and even though the perception that the Democrats uh, have some respect for you, and I don't, I don't think so. But they would treat you better. I don't think so. But the perception yeah. is that. But the Republican Party, you know, you 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 know, because I mean, there's some bunch of Negroes in the Republican Party I've been seeing on on YouTube and so forth. I mean, these people are just sad and ridiculous, but they hold they that insane. line. You know, or they are, you know, they 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 have fully bought into this madness. You know, they right. and, and to be somebody who deals with Donald Trump, you know, who who holds Donald Trump in, in high esteem. That's ridiculous. Let me catch this call here, Jay. Hold on, okay? 447-447. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Good morning, um, Brother Ochi. Hey, Brother Paul. How you doing? How you doing, sir? Good. How you doing? All yeah, right. I've, been, I've, been, I've been in and out of um, your conversation, uh, but just remind me, what, what was the general point the general, you were making today? The, the general point I'm making today is that the only solution for African people on the continent and throughout the diaspora is Pan-Africanism. The only solution is for us to end all the petty bullshit and come together as African people. To end all the stuff on the continent, the, 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 the boundaries that have been set, these countries, the leaders in these countries, all of this to be one Africa for us to feed ourselves and the world to 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 have the resources that everybody wants to make them pay for it and become such a player in the world that the wealth of Europe, the wealth of the United States and the wealth of other countries, then we get reparations. Then we seek reparations. Because why? 
we have resources that they want and because what they have done. And so it, to me, not to get reparations and seek reparations does, does a dishonor and a disservice to our ancestors who suffered tremendously. So you, we only can get those things, I believe, in a position of strength. So we strengthen ourselves by unity, by coming together, eliminating those boundaries, eliminating all those, those despots and all those neo-colonialists and, and all those people who, who are uh, the head of government but who only enrich themselves, like even here. I just mentioned earlier, Brother Paul, you have some people who have been in Congress, who have been legislators on a state, on a local level, state level, and, and federal level for decades. And not a damn thing has benefited our people. But they have become wealthy. They have become influential. But our people have not. The same thing, the same conditions persist. You have people who, are in, who have been in Congress and their congressional districts look worse today than they did when they probably took office. So I'm saying that this system is for shit. It does not benefit us. And it never has and it never will. I wouldn't give black people reparations to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Not monetarily. I I I would I would I would do it as as a form of restructuring your tax requirements to pay maybe education and that's regarding college or trade, um, maybe something in regards to home ownership. But I would never give black people money. Oh, that would be nothing but giving it in one hand and giving it right back to the white man. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. So you know, but that's something that the Negro King would never talk about because of the simple fact the dollars is gone. Right. You know right. what I mean? They feel like they're they're successful by the more money that they have. Me, myself, I don't feel successful with money. I feel successful with assets. Yeah. I don't I don't I, I I've never been one that looked at liquid cash is is God. I always looked at the asset as God because I know if the market is right, I can sell it at a premium price. Or I could just hold on to it and just be able to benefit from it on a slow level. But no, reparations is a joke. Well, let me and say this. Say it's well, not a joke. Well, let me say this, Jay. They don't understand culture well, and history. Well, let me say this. Reparations, it containing the word reparations is repair. We need to be repaired. To me, I agree with you. Giving us money, you know, and I've said this many times uh, about George Cutheimer, who wrote an article way back in the late 70s yeah, or the 80s. George. Right. And he said, it give them... Pat Buchanan, it was George. Uh, thank you, because I thought it was I thought it was Pat Buchanan. I know no. it was Clotheimer or Buchanan right. who, wrote, who wrote that, right. that cynical article. Oh, George Cutheimer. It's a real serious article, too. Yeah. And if you understand it, which most black people don't even want to acknowledge or don't even want to address it, because that shows the mindset. And, and let me just leave you with this right here, Ochi. Discuss that article with these reparation Negroes and see what happens. Yeah. It'll yeah. blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you, no, Jay, um, Paul, you got something? Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, yeah, Baba Ochi, I've been um, following this. Um, 
reparations um, debate for a while and, and paying meticulous attention mm. to what goes on and being part of the reparations committee UK um, here um, and ahead ahead one of the head persons of the reparations UK is a person called Esther Jose Stanford mm. um, and they they have um, I know she has taken part in in global reparations um, all the events including um, they had a international event which they held in South Africa and Barbados and I know her and others have taken part in it and I've been to many of her talks etc I've also get to understand how it, it interacts with the CARICOM which is the Caribbean 10 point plan for reparations and mm-hmm. I've been listening to it and following it. And um, if I be honest with you, even within that said CARICOM organization, which is at the government level. And by the way, let me just, can I just remind from what sure. I understand reparation is? I understand that reparations is a legal remedy which comes under international law. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And mm-hmm. when people say they don't believe in um that remedy which comes under international law. It's like saying someone broke into your house and you don't believe in the law to prosecute that person. That's what you're saying. It's a legal remedy which comes under international law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and that you see, what, what I'm saying to you, um, Baba Ochi, from my observations of this whole thing, many people do not even understand. Look, many people don't even know the law in their own in their own home. They don't fully understand the law. And why should they? Because they give that understanding to a lawyer. Mm-hmm, yeah? mm-hmm. Right. There's no need they should give that understanding to the lawyer because law is a relation. Is, it's always going to be that third-party relationship no matter where you are. From the day you're born, from the day you get a birth certificate, it's going to be with you to the day you die. And even after you die, the law dictates how your burial fees are going to be paid, how you, who's going to make the will. The law dictates that. So it's pointless saying you don't understand the law because that's no excuse for getting penalised by the law. And if, if we don't understand the legal remedy under international law, which is reparations, then we get penalised by it. And so what I'm saying, what I'm seeing is this, is that um, obviously the, 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 old, the interpretation in America is based on constitutional law. In the UK, it's based on, we don't have a written constitution. Uh, we have statutes and precedents. Okay. Slightly different. It, it, and it's similar to the Caribbean. A lot of the Caribbean law is based on UK law. America's law is based on UK law. Yes. Because America was the first colony of America. That's of, right, of the UK. Of the UK. That's yes. important. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing it did, it divided itself into different states. And those Thank states you. interpret the law slightly differently. You understand? So, even even in terms of um, reparation international law, the states will um, uh, interpret it differently. But what I'm saying is, it, it's an, a, a, a education is needed. Uh, what, what I'm saying to you, Baba, a mm-hmm. real education is needed, because even the short time I, I've started to understand this thing, um, uh, you know, I've realised that. People don't really understand. People don't understand what law is. That's that's the first thing. They well, don't re- and they don't fully understand what how law affects them. Well, let me say um, this. Yeah. Let me say this, brother Paul. I understand uh, the need from some people 
to get monetary reparations. There are some people who have been impoverished in this country. I can't speak, and I can say that, yeah, I can't speak to other parts of the world where African people are who have been impoverished for generations. Okay, um, let me yeah. go back. Oh, and yeah, go ahead. Hello? I'll send that to you, and then in the meantime, I'll print up all the rest of them. Hello, uh, hello, the wa- caller? I can hear you. Yes, hello? Okay. Hello? Caller? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay. This is Nabantu. How are you? Hey, Mama Nabantu. How are you? I'm okay. I'm on the phone. Okay, I see that. Did you have a comment or question? Um, I know you guys, you, but, you know, I'm just coming in late. It's about okay. reparations. That well, what we're talking about? well, we were talking about Pan-Africanism, and I got a good article from the Pan-African Federalist Movement. There's a lengthy article, and, and that's what we're talking about today. And, of course, the, you know, the title of the program is Pan-Africanism, the only solution, which we believe that it is the only solution, that, that we as African people uh, organize ourselves around that. It is the only solution. But um, we're also talking about reparations. Did you have something? Did you have, did you have a comment? Well, I know that there's a uh, solution. Mm-hmm. Solution. solution that uh, that we as African people uh, oh, organize ourselves. Let me let me around. let me let me close some of these out. So, but uh, yeah, we're also talking about reparations. Did okay. you have something? You have, did you have a comment? Well, I know that there's uh, a Okay, go ahead. Um. Okay, I noticed that. Um, there's a lot of reparation organizations that's popped up, yeah. and um, I have a concern about the MacArthur Foundation who gave Cobra and uh, NARC, with the Ron Daniels group, um, I think close to over a million dollars each, and has caused some friction among the board members in each of those organizations. And my concern is that um, when we're throwing crumbs, you know, we send, tend to get into these in, uh, uh, internal uh, issues, and I'm not sure that's why they throw this money at us or not. But, um, you know, we need to come together at some point, all these different organizations, and resolve. That's what, what I, I'm serious. That's, I didn't know this. So uh, Ron Daniels, um, his organization got some money from what entity? MacArthur Foundation. The MacArthur Foundation, and and this uh-huh. was and, and this was stated as a form of reparations. I'm sorry. What was the question? And this was stated as a form of reparations. No, no, no. It okay. wasn't a form of reparations. It was um, to help the organization to organize around reparations. Okay. And they gave similar amount to uh, in Cobra. To okay. Do the same so. Thing. Okay, so those two organizations got some money from the MacArthur Found- Foundation to uh, organize around reparations. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it caused um, some internal conflicts. Yeah. On, on, yeah, on both of them. People resigned. Uh, several people resigned. Cam, Cam Howard, alas, I heard, had resigned, but I'm not sure if he's back on or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people, I'm not calling names, in um in NARC, who also resigned on um, principles. So it, it just caused a lot of conf- conflicting mm-hmm. internal situations, which, you know, 
always, you know, makes it harder for us to reach the goal that we need to reach um, by these internal conflicts that go- that's going on. And then there's several other um, reparations organizations popped up um, about where the money should go, how the money should be dealt with. You know, we got the National uh, Reparations um, Association uh, Mr. Muhammad is still dealing with. And then there's uh, Mr. Pewitt with a um, with his um, way of looking at how reparations should work. And we still have not come together as a people around reparations. At least all the Pan African groups that's talking right. about it. And see, there should not be different entities. There should be one group, one exactly. consolidated group that that you may say it's it is a clearinghouse or it is a, the leader of a, a amalgamation of organizations that deal with the issue of reparations because it is too conflicting and, and it causes a lot of dissension and it causes a lot of divisions and it's causing the thing that you see what's happening right now. And to me. That's divisive. You know, that is, is very divisive. It, it is. It makes us look bad. Uh, there yes, is no continuity. There's no uh, uh, one voice or purpose. You know, the bottom line, once again, for us as African people is to repair. It is not for somebody to get some money so they can, you know, uh, uh, stimulate the economy. You know, you know. Uh, and what, what happened in California also was a big problem. Who's in California? The appeal, you know, California now um, has uh, a commission on reparations. Mm-hmm. And, and said that the only reparations that should be given out should be people who are descendants of um, enslavers. Um, right, that sounds like ADOS. That's it not, is. Yeah. And they convinced See? that commission to go their way. Here yeah. in in the South and here in Decatur, we're not going that way. Yeah. Everybody who was affected by the Atlanta slave and slave trade need to be compensated by with the injuries that was done with those folks who were taken away from their families on the continent, as mm-hmm. well as those who who are immigrants now, who are African immigrants here in the United States. Mm-hmm. who have endured all the same type of uh, racism, systemic racism, who may have been here for 50, 60 years, um, they should not be uh, uh, left off the, yeah. the list. Well, let me, well, it, Mama Nabanta, let me take this last caller because I'm always up against it. Uh, 404, oh. 404, good afternoon. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, greetings. Uh, this is Taiva doing your, your um, program today. And I just wanted to say I was um, reparations now, and I'm in agreement with what Brother Paul was saying. This is a debt owed, okay? And so it's a debt owed, and I feel we should get our reparations. And, you know, we, it's a discussion about how the money, how it's going to be um, settled. People, Pan-Africanists, we can, uh, you know, come up with how what we do with our money, put all our money together. I don't know that it's our right to tell other people what they should do with the money that's owed to them to what they get. And I think we should explore all the other ways uh, of reparations, land, education, whatever. But I said reparations now, and it's a debt owed. I agree with you. I know I'm up against the clock. I, I definitely okay. agree with you. But I think that um, once again. And it's not going to be our liberation. we got to know that this is not to free us. 
this is a painful death old and we still got work to do for our sovereignty. Well, see, the, the thing is this. Do we just want some money that we can spend and maybe get somebody out of poverty or, or, or you know, is that what it is? Or do we want to repair ourselves, to prepare ourselves to be independent, to be sovereign, to right. utilize... And the to, Europeans are not going to do that for us. We're just building you know. our debt over. They, they're not going to repair us. we got to repair No, no, no. Ourselves. Exactly. My point is, but right. you give resources. Want the money. Okay. Us, give us, our, give us what, uh, mm-hmm. for the debt owed. It's the law. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I understand it's a debt owed. You know. Yeah, but. Right. Uh, but 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 and then we keep fighting for our liberation. We're you not know, looking for them some reparations to free us. Right, but the confusion, the confusion will be who gets it, how much, and so forth. Well, all yeah, these other questions. Yeah, let's just get it and, 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 and we deal it. But that's not okay. that we don't know none of it. Okay. <laughs> get it? No way. Okay. Well, listen, dear. I'm up. Now. Uh, all right, reparations now. Bring on the reparations. Listen, I got to go. I want to thank Brother okay. Paul, Brother Jay. Mama Nabantu, all the other listeners, Brother Kwaku, and you too, Sister Habia, and all the other people who are listening. Appreciate it. I'll see you on Wednesday. Hopefully you can be with us on Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for more discussion here on African Perspectives. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind, but not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep. Shem Hotep means go in peace. A Sante Sana means thank you. And a Bibi Fahodie. Bibi Fahodie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. Peace, family.